0: You have your Bible this morning. Open them up to the book of Daniel, chapter number 10. Daniel, chapter number 10. We are concluding, we are finishing our series prayer, talking about how we can unleash the power of God in our life through prayer. In week one, we talked about... How that in those desperate moments of our life, in those desperate measures, we cry out to God and God is always faithful to hear us. God is always faithful to be there. Week number two, we talked about dreaming big, meaning praying those prayers that are big prayers, praying those prayers that are prayers that are impossible. For in our mind, for God for, for to be answered, but when God answers them, we know that he was the only one that gets the honor and the glory. You see, because God delights, God desires to answer those prayers that are impossible because he is a God that works in the impossible. God, the Bible says, is a God that is not limited by things that Jesus said with man, not all things are possible, but with God, everything is possible. And then last week, we looked at how Jesus commands us to not give up, that that we need to pray hard, we need to pray through, because we never know when that answer is going to come. And so kind of with that same thought in mind, as we conclude today, we're going to kind of put the two together of praying through, meaning never giving up, never stopping with thinking long. How how do we think about prayer? How How does thinking long about prayer keep us going and keep us doing what God has wanted us to do? And so, to kind of finish off, our theme verse was John 14, verses 13 and 14, where Jesus said, you can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. And Remember, we said that is not a, a promise that says anything you want, as long as you say in the name of Jesus, that I'm going to do it. You know, Lord, I want a beautiful red Corvette in the name of Jesus. God, I want a five-bedroom four-bath house with a swimming pool and everything in the name of Jesus. No, it's not that. It says, you pray in my name, and if it can bring glory to the Father, if I can bring glory to the Father by answering that, it's going to be done. If God gets the ultimate glory, then it will be done. Now, that doesn't mean God won't give you a red Corvette. That doesn't mean God won't give you a house with a pool in it. But it's saying, don't pray that says, God, because, Lord, I'll, I'll tell everybody you did it. Because we don't always do that. So it's not saying anything in my name. It's saying as long as it brings honor and glory to the Father through the Son. He said, you can ask anything in my name. I will do it then. And so we have to remember that. And that's what it's all based on. How does it bring honor and glory to God? When God answers a prayer, when God answers what we've asked for, does that bring honor and glory to Him? We started this series talking about Honey, the circle maker, the sage that lived during those 400 years um, between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament. In fact, he lived in the generation right before Jesus Christ. And we talked about how that that he, he was known for praying for rain, but that one time he drew that circle and he fell down and he stood in that circle and he said, God, I am not moving from this place until you send rain. Well, toward the end of his life, he was he was walking down an old dirt road, and he met a man who was planting a, a carob tree. And, and just inquisitive about that, he looked at the man and he said, well, how long will it take for this tree to bear fruit? And the man said, well, about 70 years. And so Honi asked him, he said, well, are, do you plan on living for 70 years to enjoy the fruit of this tree? And the man said, perhaps not. But, he said, however... When I was born, there were plenty of carob trees around that I was able to enjoy from because my father and my grandfather had planted them. And just as they planted trees for me, I am planting trees for my children and for my grandchildren so they'll be able to eat of these trees and enjoy these trees that I've been able to enjoy. And so that conversation, that incident led to an insight that changed the way Honey began praying. In that moment of revelation, the circle maker realized that, in essence, praying is planting. When I'm praying, I am planting seeds that will eventually be harvested, that will eventually be answered. And so, like, when I'm praying for my children when they are young, you know, when, when, when we pray for our boys and we pray for them, we pray, God, bless them with the right mate. Bless them with that. We had no idea who that person was going to be. We didn't know. I mean, they're babies, and we're praying that all throughout their life. And so it was a seed that was planted. And then when they got married, one's married, one's engaged, and the middle one is saving up to buy the ring. Um, he, he's said, I'm going to graduate college. He's, he's one that he has his ducks in a row, and he's not going to change anything. Uh, he doesn't care. They've been dating for years, but he's like, I, I know my focus. And so uh, that, that's where he's at. And so um, we've prayed and God has answered those prayers over those years, but we had to think long about it. We had to continue praying for them. And so that's what Honey realized, that that prayer is like a seed that is planted in the ground and, and we may not see it, we may not see it answered, but eventually it springs up and the next generation gets to enjoy that seed. And so prayer is seeds that when they bear fruit, they bear fruit forever. Our problem is we live in a quick-fix world. We live in a world that is real-time, meaning we get updates on our phone. We, we get news tickers across the bottom of our TV screen that says this is happening now. I mean, everything is instant. Everything is right there. We, we want our cake. We want to eat it, too. But not only that, we want instant bread. I mean, we want it now. You know, we, we don't want to wait for stuff. I mean, they've even created things that you can cook in half the time. I mean, anybody have an Instapot? You have one of those? Yeah. You know what might take four or five hours to cook? You can co- It's like a supercharged pressure cooker. You can charge it in half or less than half the time. I mean, that's that's how where we are. We're like, let's get this going. We've got to get it quick. We've got to get it now. And so we want to reap the second after we sow. We put the seed in the ground and we're like, okay, why is it not growing yet? I planted that seed. When's it going to start growing? I want to see it right now. And so... We, we do that with our prayers. I prayed this. Why didn't God answer it right then? As soon as I say amen, we're like, okay, God, I prayed. I said amen. Where's the answer? That's the world we live in. What we have to do is we need to, we need to be reminded that we need the patience of a planter, meaning we plant the seed, but we've got to wait for it to grow. We've got to wait for the, the, the seed to take root, and then God will answer the prayer. Because things are so fast in our society, because technology is so advanced and we have everything at our fingertips, everything is easier, everything is faster, we tend to think about spiritual realities in those terms. But that's not the case in spiritual realities. In fact, scripture tells us in spiritual reality, sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's long. And... and Scripture a lot of times deals in agricultural examples, meaning that this is the spiritual life. It is not a quick thing. It is not a a pray now and it's done. It's a pray for a long time. You plant it and you've got to water it and you've got to keep praying and you've got to keep going and you've got to think in the long term of what is going to happen later on down the life. For us, what we have to do is instead of thinking in terms of time, We have to start thinking in terms of eternity. How does it affect eternity? Not how does it affect right now. And instead of thinking in terms of ourselves, we need to think in terms of our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. We need to be praying for them. We need to be planting seeds. We need to be doing things that are for them. Daniel understood this. Daniel understood this. Thought process of what it meant to pray through and what it meant to think long about praying about what you're praying for. Uh, Daniel came to the Lord in a time of prayer. He came to the Lord in a time of fasting. Daniel would do this a lot. He would pray and he would fast. Um, and what he was praying for in chapter ten of Daniel was a better understanding. He, he had had a revelation. He had had a dream, and he was wanting to understand it better. He was wanting God to reveal it to him, um, and So he's praying to God. He's asking God for better understanding, better revelation of this dream. And this is the answer God gives him. In Daniel chapter 10, beginning in verse number 12, it says, Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief priests, came to me, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concern, concerns a time yet to come. Why do we have to pray through and why do we have to think long about something? Well, I think... In this passage in Daniel, we get three reasons why we need to be thinking long about our prayers. Why we need to be looking into the future when we're praying and not just looking right now. Number one, thinking long will keep us humble before God. We have to come before God in humility. When it comes to praying through, when it comes to thinking long about our prayers, we need to be humble before God. There's going to be times of encouragement and fear... But we must not be afraid. Look what um, Daniel was told in verse number 12. Do not be afraid, Daniel. Don't be afraid. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding, look, and to humble yourself before your God. He humbled himself. He was praying. He humbled himself before God. And the angel saying, don't be afraid. You've humbled yourself. You need to trust in God. God. You know what I think fear does? Fear keeps us from focusing on the dreams God has for us. Fear keeps us from focusing on what God wants us to do. A lot of times we don't do something for God. We won't step out in faith. We won't step out in risk because we're afraid of what might happen. We're afraid of the what ifs. What if I fail? What if I'm a failure? What if people laugh at me? What if? What if? What if? I mean, how much of our lives are wasted on the what-ifs, things that might happen but very rarely ever do. And we're always talking about the what-ifs, what-ifs, what-ifs. How come we never say, but what if God comes through? What if God answers my prayer? What if God gives me the strength to endure this? What if God... We never say the what-if God. We always just say what if whatever the bad thing is. And the, the, the point is, Daniel's saying, look, if you're going to be thinking long, things are going to happen. You're going to think things have failed. You're going to think things aren't going the right way. But you've got to think further into eternity. Think further ahead, going, God will eventually answer. God will do what God said he was going to do. We cannot walk in fear. We have to walk in dependence on God. And this passage tells us, look, from the moment Daniel started praying, from the moment he began praying, God, give me understanding. God, help me understand this. And the moment he humbled himself before God, the Bible says God heard his prayer. God listened. God knew what Daniel was praying for. And if we want to focus on the dreams, if we want to focus on the visions that God has for us, we've got to humble ourselves before him. Because when we humble ourselves before God, we will then see his plans. When we're not humbled, what, you know what we're looking at? We're looking at our plans. We're looking at what we want, what we desire, what, what is going to fulfill us instead of coming over here and going, God, what is your plan? What do you want? What do you have for me? And I'm humbling myself to understand what you want, God, not what I want, but what you want. Look, his, God has a purpose and a plan and a dream for each of your life. The moment you surrender in in salvation, the moment you surrender to Him and become a child of His, He has a purpose for your life. He has a plan that says, this is what I want you to accomplish for me. And He gives us a vision. He gives us a dream of that. But in order to understand this, in order to be able to fulfill this, we've got to plug into Him. We've got to be into the power source. So many times we humble ourselves but then we try to do it in our own power. We try to do it in our own strength and it doesn't work. We if we're going to follow his plan and follow his purpose, we've got to be in prayer to him constantly asking for his power. The disciples understood this. At the transfiguration of Jesus in Mark chapter 9, Jesus you know was up on the mountain with Peter, James and John and they've got to witness the transfiguration of Jesus. Um, And the other nine disciples were down uh, at the base of the mountain and they were still dealing with the people and conversing with the people. Well, a a boy with um, a spirit in him, an evil spirit, a demon-possessed boy, was brought to the disciples down there, the other nine that were down there. And they tried and they tried and they tried to cast out this demon and they could not do it. And when Jesus and Peter, James, and John come down off the mountain and they see this commotion, they see all this... And Jesus asked, what's going on? And the father says, well, my son is here, and, and he's possessed with a demon, and he throws himself in the fire, and he goes into convulsions, and he does all, all this. And, and I've asked your disciples to cast him out, and they've tried, and they've done everything, but they can't do it. And so Jesus commands the demon to come out, and the boy is in his right mind. And the disciples asked him, Lord, why couldn't we do that? I mean, we, we tried everything. We, we tried, you know, come on out. We, we did a dance. We did all kinds of stuff, and we couldn't get it to happen. And Jesus answered them in Mark 9, 29 and said this. This kind, this one, can only be cast out by prayer. I, I, I can almost look, think of Jesus looking at them going, Well, guys, you tried everything. Did you pray? Well, no, we didn't think about that. You know, isn't that us? Don't we do the same thing? We, we, we find troubles or we find problems and we're trying to do something for God. And we're doing it and we're doing it and we're doing it. And it, it just seems like nothing's working, nothing's happening. And Jesus says, well, did you pray? You know, that's why we're doing this series on prayer. That's why I'm talking about prayer. That's why I'm saying, you know, when I see God wants to do something in the work and the life of making Baptist Church, yeah, it has to start with prayer. And it can't just be me praying. It has to be our whole church. We have to be praying. We have to be on our knees saying, God, what do you want to accomplish? Because this can only be done through prayer. Prayer is our power source to God. Prayer is the plug that gives the power to God, from God to us. I I used to illustrate this the, the simplest way when I was a youth pastor. You know, because teens, you got to be simple to them. They can't always understand things. And usually when I would talk about plugging into the power source, I would usually take a lamp or something in and I'd set it up and I'd say, now, what is the purpose of this lamp? And for a minute, they'd just stare at me. And so I'd have, what is a lamp for? Would oh, and someone would say, oh, to give light. Yeah. I said, so what do I got to do to get light? They said, turn it on. So I'd go over and click it on. I said, well, the light didn't come on. What's the problem? The bulb's burned out. I said, no, the bulb's not burned out. It's a brand new bulb. What's the problem? And it would take them forever to realize that the cord was dangling and not plugged in. And then eventually they'd say, oh, you got to plug it in. And so I'd plug it in and then I'd hit the switch and guess what? The light would come on. And that's exactly what our thing is. We try to be that lamp without a plug into the power source of God and we try to do things and we try to accomplish things in our own power, in our own strength and we can't do it. And so we have to humbly submit to God and say, God, I need your power. God, I need your strength. And so when we're thinking long, when we're thinking about living for Christ throughout our whole life, not just in this one moment, then that reminds us, I've got to pray every day. You see, I can't just say, Lord, I I can't wake up this morning and say, God, man, it's a brand new week. It's a wonderful opportunity. You've given me a whole new week to serve you and to worship you. God, give me the power to make it through this week. And then I don't pray again until next Sunday morning. See, that's not going to work. I've got to pray tomorrow morning, Lord, give me strength for this day. Tuesday morning, Lord, give me strength. I've got to humble myself and do that. Look, can you imagine... Can you imagine what we could do as a church if we are all plugged into the power source? If we're all plugged into the power source of God? And prayer is that cord that plugs us into God's power. So we need to think long so we can stay humble before God. Secondly, thinking long will ensure our breakthrough. It will ensure our breakthrough. We kind of talked about this last week praying through, talking about being consistent in our prayers because that gets the answers. Verse 13 of Daniel, it says, The prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Do you understand Daniel's prayer was heard Really, God heard his prayer before Daniel even uttered the words because God looks at our heart. God sees what's in our heart. Before it ever passed over his vocal cords and came out vocally, God already knew what Daniel was praying for. But it wasn't until the 21st day that Daniel got an answer. It wasn't until the 21st day that he experienced a breakthrough. And the reason he could not experience a breakthrough for those 21 days is because there was spiritual oppression. There was a a demon, there was something fighting against Daniel, fighting against what Daniel was wanting to accomplish for God, what Daniel wanted to hear for God. And it took 21 days for Daniel to get Angelic back up. For him to have an answer, 21 days. I I, I can't help but think, what would have happened if Daniel would have quit praying at day twenty? See, the breakthrough didn't come until day 21. If Daniel had stopped praying on day 20, he wouldn't have experienced that breakthrough. He wouldn't have experienced the answer that he got. Think just like the Israelites at Jericho. What if they'd have stopped praying? after six days and said, look, we've been marching around this city one day for every day for six days. Nothing has happened. This is ridiculous, God. They're mocking us. They're laughing at us. I mean, what's one more day going to matter? And then on the seventh day, they had to march around seven times. What if they decided to go ahead and do it, but after six times thinking, okay, God, what's one more going to matter? One more lap's not going to do anything. If you've not done anything yet, what's one more lap? What, What if Elijah... Had not got back down on his knees and prayed for rain after he defeated the false prophets on Mount Carmel. And then he told Ahab, Ahab, hey, you better get home because it's going to rain. Remember, he had, three and a half years earlier, he told Ahab, it's not going to rain again until I say so, until I pray again because of the wickedness you brought on Israel. And then after he defeats the prophets of Baal, he says, okay, it's going to rain now, so you better get home. What if Elijah never would have done that? What if Elijah would not have prayed? In fact, if you read the story, Elijah prayed for God to send rain, and then he sent his servant and said, Go, go tell me what you see. And he'd come back and he said, nothing. Sky looks normal. Elijah prayed again. Go see what you go tell me what you see. He'd come back. Well, I see a little clouds forming over there. Okay, prayed again. Go back. This time he come back, oh, it's really building up. Boy, it's going to be a storm now. You see, what if Elijah would have said, well, I've sent you over there a couple of times and you keep coming back with the same answer. Forget it, God. Evidently, if you wouldn't answer after one, you're not going to answer after three. You see, this is the point. We don't know when our breakthrough's coming. And so we've got to pray hard, pray through, and think long that we're going to continue to pray. We're going to keep doing it. Daniel, Daniel was, a, was an amazing individual. He he probably, as far as this time, had one of the most brilliant minds in all of the ancient world. Uh, He was a Renaissance man 2,000 years before anybody knew what Renaissance was. Um, He he had an unusual aptitude for both philosophy and science. Uh, He could explain riddles. He could solve problems that no one else could solve. And Daniel not only had what we would call a high IQ. But Daniel also had what we would call a high PQ. He didn't have just an intelligent quotient. He had a prayer quotient. He prayed constantly. Even when it was outlawed, he prayed and went to the lion's den. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And he told the king, look, king, even if I perish in the lion's den, I will not stop praying. I'm going to pray because he understood the power that prayer had and he stayed faithful and it ensured his breakthrough. Listen, Daniel just didn't pray when he had a bad day. Uh, Unlike us, sometimes we forget to pray, but when something bad happens, then all of a sudden we remember, oh, I need to pray. Daniel prayed every day. He didn't just offer up the 911 prayers, the emergency prayers. He prayed every day. Just routine prayers, routine things. Daniel stayed faithful for 21 days for the answer to his prayer. And that got me thinking, how long are we willing to wait to get the answers to our prayers? Probably not as long as generations that lived before us. Because we're used to, as I said, fast, everything instant. If I want it, I can get it now. I mean, goodness, if I want something in two days, I go to Amazon. I can have it two days, sometimes the next day. I mean, it's it's quick. And yet we go to God and we expect God to be the same way. And so when it doesn't happen that quick, we give up. Well, I guess God's not going to answer. We don't see the spiritual aspect that's going on. We don't see the struggle that's going on in the world that we can't see. Sometimes, I I wish, but then it it would probably devastate us and we couldn't handle it. But, But I wish at some point that God would open up our eyes just for a moment that we could see the spiritual warfare going on between the angels of God and the demons of Satan. And the struggle because Satan is trying to get us to not follow God, to get us to keep from doing things. The angels are trying to keep them away from us so the Holy Spirit can guide us to do those things. And we don't see that struggle. But it is real. And I think if God would just open that up and let us see it now, like I said, we probably couldn't handle it. And that's why we don't see it. But I think if we really understood the spiritual struggle that's going on, and that's what the Bible says Daniel was praying, and this angel came to give Daniel an answer. He was coming. God heard his prayer and said, go answer, Daniel. But the angel said, but I was held back by the kingdom of Persia, by this demon. Whoever it was held that angel back. He could not get an answer to Daniel, so he had to call for reinforcements. He had to call for Michael. Michael came and fought so the angel could get through and give Daniel the answer, but it took 21 days. Daniel stayed faithful, but I wonder if we would stay faithful. Sometimes when we pray, what bothers us the most is the silence. Because we don't hear that audible voice of God. You know, we don't say, God, here's my prayer, God, here's what I want. And we don't hear God say, prayer received. Prayer received. Working on it, be patient, be calm. We we don't hear that. And so sometimes we get discouraged. And sometimes we think, well, for me, it's like I didn't even feel like the prayer made it through the ceiling. It's like it's just bouncing and coming down. It's like a ball that's just bouncing in here and it's never getting through the ceiling. And God didn't hear it. And I tell you, God heard it. There's no... The only thing that interferes our, the reception between us and God is sin. And, and so God's saying, you know, make sure your life is clean. Make sure your life is... You, you've, you've prayed, you've confessed your sins. But other than that, God says, I hear everything you say. And I hear it before you say it. But let me ask you, you say, man, 21 days. What other option did Daniel have? What else was he going to do but pray? When we're praying for our children, we're praying for our grandchildren. Maybe you have a prodigal son, a daughter, a grandchild, whatever, and you're praying and you're praying and you're praying and it just doesn't seem like anything is happening. And you say, I might as well give up. What else are you going to do besides pray? Why not just keep praying? Remember I told you last week, about George Mueller and the fact that when he was a child, he began praying for two of his friends and he prayed for 60 years for them to get saved. And it took 60 years for them to get saved when he began praying for them as a young boy. What else could he do but pray and say, God, work in their hearts, work in their life. Listen, praying to God, when we're thinking for long, when we're looking at eternity and how it's going to affect eternity we will be able to pray through. We'll be able to pray continually and it will ensure at some point we will see the breakthrough. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The next time that you go to pray, know this. You are in a spiritual battle. When you're praying for your children. You're in a spiritual battle battle for them. When you're praying for your grandchildren. You're in a spiritual battle. For their soul. For their life. What breakthroughs are we missing. Because we're not praying through. We're not thinking long towards eternity. We need to pray. Thirdly. Thinking long will help us discern our role in God's plan. As you pray and you continually pray, you will discern, you will understand what role God has for you in your life. What role does God want you to play? Verse 14, the angel says, Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people. In the future for the visions, concerns a time yet to come. The angel said, Look, I'm gonna tell you what's to come. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. This is God's plan for his people. This is what God is going to do. Can I tell you, God's plan is bigger than our plan? God's plan is bigger than your plan. God will bless our lives if we allow his plan to become our plan. He has to direct our steps. My life verse is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6: Trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct, He will make our path straight. But He only does that when we're trusting in Him with all our heart, when we're not leaning on our own understanding, but we're acknowledging Him in everything. And so when we allow Him to direct our steps, then we understand our role in His plan. Proverbs 16, 3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do. And He God will establish your plans. If we commit, if we acknowledge Him, if we give Him our life and surrender like we're supposed to, He says He will establish your plans, He will direct your life, and He will show you the role He wants you to play in that. Paul tells the Colossian church in chapter 3, verse 2 of Colossians, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. I think sometimes we're so earthly-minded, we're of no heavenly good. Our minds are so consumed with things of this world and the things of, of what is going on in our lives and our families' lives and everything else that we're so consumed with everything we have now and what we can physically see and physically touch that we're of no heavenly good. And Paul says, look, you've got to set your mind on things above. Keep your focus where it's supposed to be, in eternity. Thinking long, thinking about the repercussions of, if I do this, how is that going to affect my eternity or somebody else's eternity? By the decision that I'm making now. By by what I'm praying now, will that have an effect on my children or my grandchildren for eternity? Because I'm praying for them. And I'm praying God to do something in their life. We need to go after the plans God has for us. We need to circle those plans and begin praying. Say, God, if this is what you want me to do with with my life, God, I want you to give me the strength. I want you to give me the ability. I want you to give me the understanding on how to do this. And then we go through Scripture and we find the promises of God. It's one of those promises we, we talked about in Sunday school this morning. In our Bible study time in John chapter 14, when Jesus said, Look, If I'm going away and preparing a place for you, guess what? I am coming back for you. That is a promise. He's promised that because He left, because He died on a cross, because He was buried, He rose from the dead, He ascended into heaven, He is preparing a place for all of us that trust in Him. And He said, One of these days, you're going to be with me. Whether we go to be with Him in death or whether we're still alive when He comes back and calls us home we will end up in eternity with Jesus Christ. That is a promise we can claim. So no matter what's going on in our life, no matter what's happening in our life, we can claim that promise that this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. That this isn't it. And unfortunately, so many times we live as this is it. That this is all there is. And we've got to be thinking long, we've got to be thinking towards eternity and say, there is more to life than this. Prayer, and and when we talk about drawing circles, it means just specifically praying for things. Prayer is a lot like climbing a mountain. The promise or the dream that we're praying about, that we're bringing before God, and it may seem like it's an impossible thing. I mean, sometimes climbing a mountain may seem impossible. But if we keep praying, if we keep at it, Anything is possible. And with prayer, each of, each of those little prayers that are answered, it's another step. It, it's another climb on that mountaintop of faith because we're seeing how God is faithful. We're seeing how God is answering those prayers. And with each prayer we're praying, it's the another step closer to the answer God wants to give us. Too often we approach prayer... In the ASAP fashion, God, I'm praying this and I need the answer as soon as possible. But we need to change our thinking. We, we need what they call a paradigm shift. To, to change the way we view things, to change the way we think things. And, and not pray that God give it to me right now. But we say, Lord, I'm going to pray for as long as it takes. Until you give me an answer one way or other. I am going to pray, I am going to pray, I'm going to pray, and I'm not going to stop. I'm going to think long about how my prayers are affecting the people I'm praying for or the things I am doing. And sometimes we have to refine our prayers. Remember the story of Honi? He prayed for rain, and it was a gully washer. I mean, it was just... And everything was flowing away and it wasn't a good soaking rain. And he went, he, he knelt back down and said, Lord, not, not this kind of rain, God. This isn't the kind of rain we want. We, we, we don't want a rain so hard that it doesn't benefit, it doesn't do anything, that it's just mud and washing everything away. He said, Lord, we want a prayer that is um, of your favor, of your blessing, of your graciousness. That's the kind of rain we want, God. And so he had to go back and refine that prayer when he said, Lord, I'm not leaving till you see rain. And it was, it was a big thunderstorm. And he said, well, Lord, not that kind of rain. Uh, let, let, me, let me redefine my prayer and say, this is the kind of pr- rain we need. And sometimes in our prayer life, we, we have to redefine it. Sometimes we, we're praying for something and then we come back and we can, we can simplify it a little more and say, okay, God, now I, I know this. Because sometimes we have general prayers. We're just praying for something in general. But then we get a little more information so we can become a little more specific and a little more specific and a little more specific. And so it's just continually doing that. So what promises or what miracles or what dreams are you willing to pray for as long as it takes? And and that's why I encourage you. And I said this a couple of weeks ago. That's why I encourage you to to keep a prayer journal. I, I, was, I have one on my desk, and actually, about a week or so ago, probably a couple of weeks ago, I was actually going back through it and, and reading what I prayed for. And, and God answered some the way I wanted to. And um, there were others that I prayed, and I kept praying, and, and I kept writing in different days. Lord, I'm still praying for this. God, I want to see an answer. God, I, and he gave me the answer. It wasn't the one I wanted, but he answered it, and so I could check it off and say, "You answered God," and you know, I, I I didn't write in there. You didn't do what I wanted, God. But okay, no, I just said God answered. But it was His will, not mine. And and it was interesting to go back and and read those things from from uh, eight years ago, nine years ago, when I was praying things and how God just kept answering. And even. Even recently, I've been praying for things, and God has answered them, and I've been able to check them off and say, "Man, God did this, God did that." And that's what's amazing is to see God answering things. And so, if you keep that journal of when you've prayed for specific things and dates, and you can go back and say, "Man, God answered this, God answered." There may be some that you pray for years, and you're still praying for it, and you're still waiting for that answer. But can I tell you, God did not ignore you. God is working. And if you haven't received a definite no, God is still working in that situation. And we just have to keep praying through and keep praying, thinking long about these things. Prayer is a marathon. It is not a sprint. Prayer is something we have to continually do all the time. Let me tell you, when you truly understand prayer, and when you truly get to the point where you are praying, praying the way God wants us to pray and praying over the things God wants us to pray over, you will unleash the power of God in your life. And you'll see God do things in your life that you never thought possible. You'll see God use you in ways you never dreamed possible that He could use you. But it all begins with prayer. I think sometimes we don't pray because, we pray because we're afraid of the answer God gives us. That if we pray, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. And then he tells us what he wants us to do. And we're like, oh, God, I really wasn't that. You know what I learned early on in prayer? Don't tell God you're not doing something. You know, don't pray, God, I'm willing to do everything but this. I'm willing to go anywhere but here. Because any time I ever prayed that, guess where God sent me? Where I didn't want to go. Now, I tried reverse technology, and so, you know, somewhere I wanted to go, I would say, God, don't send me there. (laughs) You know, God, I don't want to go to Hawaii. Please never send me to Hawaii, God. Uh, God knew my heart. He never sent me to Hawaii. But that's what I'm saying. Sometimes I think we're afraid because we know what God's answer is going to be, and so we don't really want to pray it because we know it. But can I tell you, even in that moment, If God puts you there, God has a plan and a desire for your life. And the best place to be, even if it's uncomfortable, the best place that you can be in your life is in the center of where God wants you. It is the best place. It may be the most uncomfortable place, but it is the best place because you're right where God wants you, doing what God wants you to do, and God will bless you. And so if you haven't been praying, if prayer hasn't been an important part of your life, I want to encourage you to make it an important part of your life. Make it something you do every day and not just, not just once in the morning. I, I'm not one of these guys that I'm, I'm, I have friends that can sit for 30, 45 minutes an hour and pray. Man, I can't do that. I can't focus that long. My mind starts wandering. So I pray throughout the whole day. I'm just constantly thinking and praying and praying. And just come to mind, I pray about something. So, I mean, if you add my whole daily prayer up, I've probably prayed an hour throughout the day. I just can't do it in one hour sitting. If you can, man, that's awesome and that's amazing. But make it a part of your life. Throughout the day, the morning, tell God, man, God, good morning. Be with me today. At the end of the day, God, thank you for getting me through this day. Thank you for being with me. It's just, pray. it's just talking to God. Just like you talk to your family members. God is our Heavenly Father. We can just talk to Him. And that's what prayer is. And so, and I challenge you. Make prayer an important part of your life. And I guarantee you, if you make it a part of your life, you will see a difference in your life. You'll see a difference in your ministry that God has for you. And, and it'll be a joy. And you'll, you'll be thinking, man, why haven't I done this before? Why haven't I done this in my life, and don't worry about praying the wrong things, sometimes when I'm praying, I mean, even, even out loud, when I'm praying, Kathy and I are praying, I'll say something, and it's like mumble, blah, 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 and she'll, after we pray, what did you say, and I'm like, I don't know, I was praying, and I just like, I didn't know what I was praying, going to pray for, and I, I guess my mouth just got all jumbled up, and I don't know what I was praying, But you know what? The Bible says God does. The Spirit gives utterance for when we can't think of the words, the Spirit prays for us. And so don't worry about being eloquent. Don't worry about saying the right words because God's seeing what's in your heart. He's not really listening to what's coming out of your mouth. It's it's all about this. And so let your heart be in communication with God. Prayer. It is the only thing that can unleash the power of God in our life. It's the only thing that's going to unleash the power of God in our church is if we're praying for God to do something amazing. For God, and and when we're praying that, we're also praying, God, do something amazing. But if you have to do it through me, God, I'm available. I want to be a part of it. I challenge you, just pray. Father. Prayer is an amazing thing. Lord, so many times we take it for granted. We think, Lord, you know our hearts. You know our desires. You know what we need. and So, God, why do I have to voice it in prayer? You already know before I even speak it. So, why do I need to pray? And yet, God, we're commanded to pray. We're taught to pray. Because prayer brings us to a place where we're humble before you, where we're saying, God, I'm depending on you and I need your help and I need your direction in my life. Lord, we're facing some difficult days and Lord, I need your strength. I need your encouragement. We're facing dark times. Lord, I need your peace. And it's just that communication with you, God, that we need to establish in our life and and create a habit, create a pattern that we pray continually. That's what you told us through Paul and to the church at Thessalonica, to pray without ceasing, to be continually praying, to always be in an attitude of prayer that no matter what happens, we are thinking of you, we're calling out to you, and we're crying out. Lord, I pray for every believer that's in this room this morning, myself included. God, that we would have that prayer life that you desire us to have with you. Maybe there's some here this morning that have, have not been consistent in their prayer life, and today they they want to say, "Lord, I want to make that commitment that I want to pray more, that I want to be a." man or a woman of prayer, that I want to be the one that constantly communicates with you. Maybe there's those here that have prayed, but they're not consistent. Maybe they pray one day and they don't pray the next, or they forget. God, I pray that you might, through the power of the Holy Spirit, work in those hearts and say, Lord, I want to be more consistent. I I, want to do it every day and help me to remember, bring that to my mind that I need to God, as a church, may we be a church of prayer. Jesus looked at the people there outside the temple and he said, this is my father's house and it was meant to be a house of prayer, but you've made it into a den of thieves. God, we are to be a house of prayer. We'll never accomplish anything as a church. We'll never accomplish anything as individuals if we don't first have Prayer makes us step out of our comfort zone because sometimes we don't feel comfortable. But God, you give us the strength to do it. So God, help us to be a people of prayer. Help us to be a church that prays. That prays for your will. That prays for your guidance. That prays for your direction. That prays for your blessings upon us. God, help us to be that kind of church. Help us to be that kind of people. In Jesus name we pray